Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have Catriona Pollard, the Queen of Communication. Catriona has first-hand experience in moving from unknown to expert. She started her business with nothing in the sunroom of her rented apartment. She had to figure out how she could become a well-recognized expert in PR to drive sales for her fledging business. Her transformation to an international speaker, TEDx speaker, popular media commentator and leader of a highly successful PR agency has been captured in her book, From Unknown to Expert, How to Use Clever PR and Social Media to Become a Recognized Expert, is a comprehensive step-by-step program for the entrepreneurs and business owners to learn how to become a recognized expert and thought leader. She is also the founder and director of CP Communications, one of Australia's most respected and innovative PR and social media agency. She works with world-leading brands as well as up-and-coming organisations. In 2015, Catriona was named as one of the top 50 most influential women entrepreneurs in Australia as part of the Inspiring Rare Birds project. Catriona is also listed as one of the top 100 PR people worldwide to follow on Twitter. She is a highly regarded expert and media commentator in PR and social media, and her views have been internationally published in the media. So sit back and tune in and enjoy the show. Welcome, Katrina, to I Am One Project. How are you today? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really in. I'm going to really excited about our conversation. Oh, I'm so excited finally that we get to have you <laughs> on the show. And I thought we better start recording. We're having a juicy conversation, so I thought maybe we better deep dive and start recording, and maybe talk about some of the stuff we were just talking about. So. We were speaking about your book and what you do. So would you like to maybe tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and then we we'll, can talk a little bit about the book. That was awesome. Yeah. So I own and run a public relations and social media agency, which is called CP Communications, where we work with organizations to help them uh, get their stories out into the media and, and get them in front of the people that matter to their brand. And I also mentor people around personal branding and around um, developing their uh, their, pers- their public relations strategies and so on. Um, and I also have my book and products associated with my book, which is called From Unknown to Expert, where I help people uh, 
uncover their stories and understand how to use public relations and social media to become more well-recognized within their field of expertise. Well, and what we were speaking about before, which I think is really important to, uh, um, you know, continue the conversation, just some of the things that you experience when you work with women. And you know, we're talking about, you know, our stuff that comes up, you know, am mm. I worthy? Am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, interestingly, it's the first stage of my book. It's star one of my book, which is sort of figuring out your why. And the thing that I found when I started doing this work for myself, like I, you know, I started my business in a rented apartment in the sunroom with a borrowed computer. I didn't have any clients. I had no um, profile as an expert and I had to figure this out to how to become a thought leader and or how to become more well-recognized. And I... um you know, I really had to go through a lot of personal development because I felt that I, well, who am I? What, who am I that am I going to be any different to anybody else? Are people going to think that I'm um, an expert or do they think that I'm just going to be making stuff up? Am I, um, do I deserve to be in the spotlight? Uh, and, I you know, I really struggled with a lot of that because I'm not a naturally spotlight person even though you know I'm in public relations and I do a lot of speaking and you know a lot of people know me it's not around being in the spotlight for the sake of it it's for actually finding a deeper reason for it and I think that when we you know when I wrote my book it's like oh my god is anyone gonna read it <laughs> and what, what do people criticize me about it um when I was doing started speaking it was like what if people think that I'm not a good speaker so I you know I had a lot of self-doubt around that and I um and I find that a lot of women really sometimes we're our worst critics we really are and we have to get over this idea around comparison and comparing other people and thinking well, I'm not the loudest person in the room and I, so therefore I can't really step into the spotlight and I don't like public speaking and so I don't really, and I don't really have anything to say. I'm just kind of a boring person that just goes home. And I, and I think that that is such a shame that we, we really, uh, delve into that and just sit in that place because every single person has a story to tell, whether it's a personal story or a professional story, a story that will help other people relate to them um, and relate to their own truths. So, you know, I think it's, it's really important that we're brave uh, and we face, we face those demons and we face those, those objections. Yeah, I really love that. And I love the conversation we were having about the spotlight. Did you want to talk a little bit about your TEDx uh, talk when you were talking about being in the spotlight? It's not about – being in the spotlight is actually being courageous and being brave. It's yeah. not about uh, showing off kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that we live in a society where, like, the loudest person tends to get the most – Media coverage, you know, you, you think of those people, you know, immediately that, you know, uh, uh, with reality shows and, and so on. Um, and I, that could, that, you know, that's such a shame because being in the spotlight is about 
finding your own voice and telling your own stories but doing it in your own way. And it's not about being the loudest person in the room. It's actually about being the boldest person in the room and understanding that being in the spotlight for me, my, my realisation was one of the first times I did, you know, um, a speaking gig, a biggish speaking gig, and it was like 100 people in the room. And I was petrified, so petrified because I had to do a lot of personal development to be able to do public speaking. And um, I remember walking, literally walking across the stage and actually standing in the spotlight and uh, being so nervous. Um, and I looked out across the room and I just had this epiphany. I just had this realization that what I had to say had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with me being physically in the spotlight. It was actually about how my words and my experiences and my stories could transform pe those people's businesses. It could trigger something that allow, would allow somebody else to tell their truth or to tell their stories. Um, and it would give permission to people who may not necessarily have had the experience or the opportunity um, to be able to speak up, to speak up. And so it wasn't about me. It was about how my words would float across the room into the hearts and the minds of the people. And for me, that's about being in the spotlight. It's removing yourself from the situation and understanding that what you have to say could really make the world a better place. That's so true. I so relate to what you're just saying. And, and I think also being the loudest doesn't mean, I think when you when we were talking about being the loudest, it's just that obviously this, uh, these people that are always in, um, you know, in front of whether it's magazines and talks and whatever they may be, it's just they're just being proactive and I think that they're being courageous and bold like you talk about. Mm, absolutely. You know, and I was um, speaking to a friend the other day. I was on a radio interview and um, and and this woman said, oh, I, I know the woman who, who does that interview and she keeps on, you know, talking. And I said, like, you really should go and do that interview because you, it's the, she interviews um, inspirational and interesting people. I said, you are just so should be interviewed. You're so in, such a, you had such an interesting career. Um, you know her, you know the format. You should just go do it. And she said, you know what? I have never been formally asked to do it. And I was like, um, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you have to suggest it. You have to proactively say, you know what? I re I'm really interested in, um, uh, being interviewed on your show. I have some, I've had, had an interesting life. I've had an interesting career. I'd love to be able to share it with your listeners. Um, and that, that's how so much media coverage happens. It's not that you're being asked. It's not that the journalist wakes up in the morning and goes, I'm going to interview Katrina today. It just doesn't happen. You've got to go make it happen. You have to um, be prepared to hear the word no as well, but you also have to uh, understand that you have to, something to say and you need to go say it. Yeah, true. So what would be some of your tips, because you've written a whole book about it, for an entrepreneur or a, a woman in business who can't afford a PR agency 
and have to drive their own PR. And let's say we're talking about someone that maybe not be as bold, that's maybe lacking that am I good enough, you know, the whole self-worth piece. Uh, Mm. What would be something that you could, because you've obviously experienced it, what would be something that you could uh, say to that individual? Yeah, so the first place that I started, when I started this whole process, you know, many years ago, I thought, what am I most comfortable with? So I know that I don't want to do public speaking because it doesn't, you know, I'm too scared to do that at the moment. Um, uh, and what, what, what are my skills? What do I think that I can do? And so the first two things I did was uh, go networking and walking into a room full of strangers and telling people what I did it was not comfortable for me. But I am, um, and I'm an, in a, as an introvert, it was kind of a, I vividly remember the first time I went networking when I first started my business. And, um, I, I actually realized that I'm a really good networker and so many people who are introverts or aren't all that confident are really, really good networkers because they're listeners. And if you're a good listener, you're a good networker. Um, and so I went out networking and I built my business through relationships because I realized that I'm a really, I'm really good at building relationships because, you know, it's, um, it just comes naturally to me. So I, that's absolutely a really great thing to do. Uh, even if you're not comfortable with it, because what happens is that when you go out and have conversations with strangers and, um, within, you know, business networking functions. If you listen to them and you're the question asker, uh, that's how they, they walk away thinking they had a great conversation because they got to talk about themselves the whole time. So I definitely would recommend that. Um, the other thing too for me is that I write every day. I love writing. And so I thought, well, how about I do some writing? And very, very early on, it's a very important PR tactic to do now because the way that the media landscape has changed. But I started writing about what I do. So, you know, on my server, I have, you know, gosh, like 500, easily 500 articles about every single that I, thing that I do in, as in, my, in my day and in my work. So I was started writing things about how to do a PR strategy and sending that article to marketing magazine because I wanted marketing people to hire me as, you know, as a PR person within their business. Um, and I started writing articles about how to write a media release and sending those to business publications. Um, and so I really started positioning myself as an expert because I was willing to give away some of my IP, some of my experience. So they're, you know, really great things to start with. Do um, start with what you're really comfortable with doing, what you enjoy doing, and then and then go from there. So it's really working with your strengths. Yeah, yeah, working with your strengths, but be bold. You know, if you if you don't think that your strength is networking, but you kind of know, you have an instinct that you think that you should go do it, just go do it, you know. Um, but don't expect everything to change overnight. You know, I... I was having a conversation with somebody the other day and she's like, yeah, but I go speaking, I speak everywhere and I don't get any clients out of it. 
Um, I don't walk away with clients. I'm like, well, this, this free speaking that you're doing is about building your role as a thought leader. You know, and I get clients from people, um, who've seen me speaking two years ago and then they're, and two years later they're, they remember me speaking and, and now, you know, they've become proper, you know, retained clients because they, the time is right now for them. So I think, you know, we need to think long term as well. Mm, that's so true. And I think that sometimes we, we look at the big pictures to how we're going to get clients. I remember my mentor said, start with people you know. It could be like contact 10, 20 a day and just start building your portfolio, but start speaking to people that know you or that you know so you start feeling comfortable with your elevator pitch and your story and then you can sort of expand externally and keep expanding until you feel really comfortable about what your you know what your brand's all about so Katrina uh what drives you what makes you jump out of bed in the morning oh wow so I um it's really about I just love what I do I really truly love what I do I love working with companies and entrepreneurs who understand the power of media and who understand that if they are working on building their profile and their reputation and their credibility then it's going to make a difference to their business and that makes a massive difference for me um, and I really love telling my stories. So I, you know, I write an article every week um, that that relates to something that I've experienced, whether it's something like creativity or kindness or joy or how to write media releases and how to um, how to develop your personal brand. So I, I just I just absolutely love doing that because I know that people read it and then it actually can influence their business and, and help them understand themselves a little better as well. So, yeah. Do you have a structure when you're talking about writing a media release? What's your formula so that, it you know, obviously it's a very successful formula. What is that structure? Yeah, so there's actually three things. If you're thinking about doing media, there's three tactics that work the best. There's one that's called the media release, which is a really traditional PR document, um, which, you know, stems back from, I don't know, when the dawn of time when PR was invented. <laughs> um, and with that media release, there's a really clear structure. And you can download that template for free from my website, cpcommunications.com.au. And um, you have a title, you have a lead paragraph, you you include quotes. Um, and if you're writing yourself, you include your own quotes. Um, it's written in third person. The only time it's first person is when you're quoted. Um, it's a really formulaic uh, document. The second one is called a media angle. And that's what I do a lot um, mostly in my business. And so that's where we would pitch in um, a expert, so one of our clients, into a journalist and we suggest to that journalist that they should be interviewing our client because our client can comment on, um, you know, whatever story that is. And say, for example, um, say, for example, one of my team, because I talk a lot about play because another part of my um, my work and um, my life is being an artist where I do um, sculpture and so I, in, I incorporate a lot of play and creativity into my business and so he actually pitched me to a lifestyle writer in a, in a Sydney Morning Herald 
that around being an expert on how to incorporate play um, into the workplace and into your life um, to have a more joyful, more creative life. So that's kind of, you know, what you would do. And the third tactic is is articles where you write your own articles and you send those to online and printed media. And if you don't mind me asking, how do you create more play and fun in your work environment? Because I think they're both very important and we don't, yeah, I don't think we do it are. often. We don't. And I, I think that um, what has happened is we get so, we're so caught up as being adults. Uh, and if you think about it, um, you know, like my nephew came over to my, um, who's six, he came over to my apartment the other day and um, he wanted to play. Um, uh, he, my sister had taken him to see like a little musical, a little kids musical. And so when he came over to my apartment, he was like, okay, let's be in a musical. And he used my curtains. Um, he hid behind my curtains and came out in the curtains and had this all, and we just did this. And I just looked at him and thought, I have never looked at my curtains in that way. I have never looked at my lounge room as, as the, as a theater, as a stage to actually, you know, play and dance on. You know, I've just seen it as a lounge room and my curtains to keep out the sun, you know. Um, and so I think that that's one of the most critical elements about play in our lives is to acknowledge and to actually find play, playful opportunities. Um, and so for me too, it's I, my artist, my art is, uh, where I collect organic material like twigs and sticks and leaves and so on. And I actually create sculptures from that. Um, and it's not around making the perfect sculpture. It's actually around, um, having a look and seeing, well, how do those twigs interact with that stick and those leaves? And if I, if I actually see the secret life in those, if I actually see them different to what they are, then I'm imagining them to be something different and that really, really helps with creativity in, um, in my work. It helps me come up with new product ideas. It helps me come up with new strategies for my clients because I'm, you know, essentially using a different part of my brain. It's, it's actually, uh, quite grounding as well because you're talking about sticks and leaves and, you know, earth elements that are mm. very grounding. Yeah, it's so grounded. And I just, you know, we're so caught up in this idea around um, that everything in our life has to make us happy. You know, like, you know, our job has to be ha- make us happy all the time. Our marriage has to be happy all the time. Our, you know, this idea around if I buy another TV, then that's going to make me happier. If I, I'm going to get that new shoes, then I'm going to get joy out of that. Whereas what I'm kind of suggesting is how about we actually – stop striving and searching for this happiness, um, this sense of play that, and this sense of joy that we had as kids was very much about, you know, taking our shoes off and walking and playing on the grass. It was like the really simple things. It was actually, you know, going out into the backyard and picking up a whole bunch of leaves and throwing them in the air and making patterns out of them. The really, the very, very simple um, experiences and I think as adults we get so caught up in that oh no we've got to go and pay our mortgage we've got to do this we've got to do that it's what's expected of me and blah 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 and we don't stop and go 
well, am I incorporating these other things in my life? Am I finding, can I find joy in a completely different place that is so simple um, and so far removed from, uh, like, so for example, for me, how I got into this type of art that I did was that I realized I was getting really burnt out. I was realizing I was not enjoying my business. I, um, I wasn't particularly happy about a whole bunch of things in my life. And I wanted, and I realized that while I thought I was being creative, I, and even though my job is creative, I wasn't really using, um, that sense of joyful creativity. So I searched for something that I felt that I wanted that was so far removed from digital, so far removed from computers, so far removed from the stress of daily life. And, you know, it's ultimately using um, exploring basketry that is so grounding um, and so connected to the earth and connected to uh, this simple sense of joy. It's so true. So many uh, of us, uh, I'm going to say us because I know that once upon a time I was there too, we seek external uh, of ourselves mm. when we're looking for happiness. Like you said, we're going to buy a bigger house that's going to make us happier. When in actual fact, it's that it's so much more simpler than that and mm. it could be as simple as uh, creating that fun and it could be as simple as playing with sticks or leaves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and in my office, you know, we will come in and um, well, I have a room in my office um, in my agency that's called the Inspiration Room and I'm sitting in it at the moment, um, you know, couch, beanbags. I mean, and it's a small agency, where, but I dedicated instead of an instead of having my own office, I, I created this room as the Inspiration Room where we all come in. And you know, I've we've done really playful things in here. We've we have I've taught I've taught people how to make baskets, and we eat cupcakes, and we sit around and and we we chat about things, and um, kind of just really removing that sense of stress. And I think that in an agency, in a PR agency, it can be very stressful because you're on a lot of deadlines and you have a lot of juggling to do. Um, but if you actively create an environment where you're removing stress it it really frees up uh, the ability to see the joy that so often we don't look for Mm, sounds like fun i'd love to work in your office (laughs) sounds like lots of fun so katrina what's the greatest lesson that you have learned um i really for me it's a um it was really about believing in myself you know, um, I've already, I've always had a sense of confidence and I've always had a sense of self, but I think the older that I've gotten, the more comfortable I've, I have been in, um, in just having complete faith and, um, belief in what I'm doing is the right thing that I'm, for that, for that moment in time. Um, and really being bold about that. Putting myself in situations where I might not be completely comfortable, um, really pushing the boundaries of, of growth is, has really been a really important, uh, uh, lesson for me because I, and we, I mean, this is so cliched. I, I know that, but you know, this idea around, um, you know, the growth comes when you actually put yourself in, self in those situations. But I really believe that so many times we don't. 
so many times we do take the easy easy way out um, and I think that's a really important lesson for, for all of us. Oh, yeah, I always talk about it's about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you want to stretch yourself and if you want to do it, like what we were talking about, public speaking, I can't say I was comfortable with that. Uh, and I had to do uh, lots of professional and personal development to get to where I am today. But it took it took that um, feeling the fear and doing it anyway and pushing through because I knew at the end of it, once I got through all of that fear and, and anxiety of public speaking, that I would be able to share my story and make a difference. And I yeah. think if you take yourself out of the way, because uh, I yeah. think we get in our way, it's, yeah. it's like, you, like you talk about, it's not about you, it's about your audience. It's about making that difference, it's about sharing and empowering others. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I also think... Um, you know, I was at a conference recently where I was asked to speak about passion and purpose. Um, and, um, and when I did some thinking about that, I realized that for me, passion and purpose actually isn't about ending world hunger and, um, you know, be, being the most, you know, famous person in the world or whatever. It, it was actually the most simple thing. It was about, you know, feeling the, um, feeling the earth beneath my feet every day and, um, about for seeing the beauty in the world around me. It was a really, the, my passion and purpose was really simple because I think that sometimes we can get caught up in this whole idea around we have to be the biggest, the bettest, the brightest all the time. Where I, and I think that sometimes we need to come back to the moment and actually say, well, what is it that I want to do now? I'm going to move forward. I'm going to take action. I'm not going to sit on the couch and wish my life away, but I don't have to be all things to everybody right now. No, and it, it is, I mean, I just look at it, it's really simple. Passion is doing what you love to do and your purpose is the, the how bit, you know, for me, my purpose was to, uh, you know, communicate uh, my knowledge and share, impart my knowledge and share my knowledge and share my mm. sto story and experiences. It was very, very simple. It wasn't big at all. Yeah, that's great. You know, and we just need people um, in the world doing that. And I, we need women in the world doing that. There are so many amazing women doing amazing things that we, we, that are, that are inspiring in that um, we need to hear about. So true. So, Katrina, who's been your greatest influence? Wow, I just have so many people who have influenced me over the years. Like my, I was really close to my my grandmother. Um, you know, my parents have been a really big influence on me as well. They, um, you know, they, it was very much about education. I was brought up, um, there was two girls in my family and we were told we could do anything and be anything um, and we weren't restricted into gender stereotypes, you know. I was climbing trees, building fires by the time I was five. Bush, you know, we lived, we, we camped a lot and, um, and we, we travelled a lot as a family as well. When I was 13 we were... My, my parents took us out of school, my sister and I out of school, and um, we backpacked around Asia um, for six months, and that really influenced how I see the world and how I, how I feel that um, I want to be in the world as well. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of people along the way, but I probably definitely my parents would be would be up there. What a great experience backpacking at a young age for six months. That's yeah. Awesome. I had a tiny little thirteen year old backpack a thirteen year old girl could carry. I had to ca- carry my own stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I think that at that age, um, it was a really good time for me because I I don't know. Like I think that. Um, I didn't see the poverty and I didn't see the negativity. I just accepted it for what it was at that age. Um, whereas adults, we see all of that. We categorize black and white, good and bad. Um, and as children, you, you kind of, you have, a, you're a lot more accepting of the world around you and you see, and you see different things. And I think that's really influenced me in how I, how, how I actively choose to be in my life and choose to interact with other people. Um, and I've done a lot of meditation and, and yoga and um, that kind of work over the years as well, which has really enabled me to, uh, you know, kind of see that grounding and see that there's other elements of play um, that play into our lives. Oh, I just love it, love it. So, Katrina, if you had to pick one word that best describes your personal brand, what would that be? Inspiration. Yeah, so I love to inspire people and I love to hang around people who inspire me, um, whether they're my next-door neighbour or whether, you know, they're my nephew or um, they're, you know, profound, you know, experts. It's, it's really about inspiration for me. I love it. And when you're talking about inspiration, even your writing, social media, you're constantly inspiring people with your knowledge, with your wealth of knowledge. Yeah, I really, that's definitely um, a word that I come back to. And it's interesting because, you know, that's when I do personal branding work, that's what I do. The first step I do with people is figuring out what their heart and soul is, like the one word, which is their heart and soul. Because um, when we're doing writing and when we're talking and when we're going through this whole process of becoming more recognized as an expert in our field, we keep have to keep on coming back to, if I do this, is this true to my brand? Is this true to who I am? Is it, does it relate to, for me, does it relate to inspiration? Does it mean that I, in this situation, can I be inspirational or can I be around people who inspire me? So it does really an, allow you to have some framework around who you are from a personal branding perspective. Yeah, and I think it's really important. A lot of the times when you're talking about being an expert in your field, uh, some of my uh, customers that I've worked with and I I hear them say that they're seeking for that that niche, that particular market Mm. where they can tap into. But quite often they seek... a, a topic or an experience that they actually haven't gone through themselves, which yeah. is really interesting because then they wonder why they get stuck and they can't uh, deep dive into that niche or that market. And I always say it can it's so much more simple. It's just about what are your experiences to share that mm. story, your story, and it's about tapping into that market. So, for example, if your story is as simple as you've actually gone through a divorce and you know, you could actually be working with other people like that work with people, you know, uh, it could be, um, you know, marriage counsellor, whatever that may Mm. be. But it's about what are your experiences and tap into that market because people can smell you a mile away if you're not being authentic about your brand and your experiences. 
That's so true. Absolutely. And so that's why I, you know, that star one that I mentioned before that, figuring out your why, that's why I get people to do that work and I, when I, well, I suggest that they do that, that work because people are going to know if you're doing it purely for promotion. Um, and the other thing too is, you know, somebody the other day was doing a, a, a TV interview and the presenter asked him, so what, you know, where's your business going? What are you, what are you doing? And, um, he said, so we're going to have 2000 new sales by the end of um, this year and we're going to grow by X percent. And I, you know, and I, and I said to him afterwards, what, what would you do? What do you think that maybe that wouldn't, um, people wouldn't actually relate to that? What if you said, so what we really want to do is actually have um, customers experience um, a product that can actually help them um, with their business growth. And it's going to, we're really hoping that we can work with so many more people to help them, to help them grow and become more profitable. So it's going to help the Australian economy to employ more people and um, to have an, you know, amazing experiences. And he's like, Oh, I didn't really think about it from that perspective. It's like, so if you come from, well, how can you help people? How can you, um, how can you change your world? And I'm not saying the world as in world, you know, end world hunger. I'm saying just even it's the tiniest thing. Um, people are going to relate to you. People are going to have that emotional connection with you and people are more likely to buy from you if they feel connected to you. Um, and they're not going to buy from you if they don't feel that they can trust you and that they're connected with you. Absolutely. To me, that sounds like all you're concerned about is making sales rather than doing it for your customers. Mm. And it, it depends what your focus is. And mind you, there are lots of businesses out there that are focused on sales revenue and, you know, and I understand we all have to um, mm. you know, make money from our business, but I really believe that it depends on your focus. I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, and I do a lot of free stuff as well because for me it's about making a difference. That's my focus. I want to empower mm. people to tap into their potential because we all have the resources we need. It's just about having somebody to show you how to tap into those resources. So yet I have worked with companies that it's all about, you know, the bottom line. We need to make this many sales. We need to sell this much, this many, uh, products and so forth. And mm. it's interesting. It's, it's the focus is completely different. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, those those businesses that I would imagine the staff morale isn't particularly high. Yes. Because if you can create a culture of with an organization that is about um about connection and about positive behaviors and um that they feel that they're contributing positively in some way, it's a much much happier, joyful, more joyful place to work. Um and throw in some play as well. You know, it's a it's a much better place to work than you know being worried about going into team meetings and going, well, how much have you sold this week? You know, it completely changes the focus of it. it does. So, um, yeah, I completely agree with you. And Katrina, play comes up a lot with you, which I love because it it makes me think that you're a real fun person to be around with. <laughs> So what we do is we wrap up the show, we always give our listeners three golden nuggets. So what would be three golden nuggets that you would like to leave uh, for our listeners today? Um, I, you know, I really think the first step, particularly for women, is uh, is to believe in yourself. 
I think growing up we do face a lot of challenges and um, particularly in business. Uh, and so I think that it's really actively discovering ways to more fully believe in your abilities and more fully um, trust your instincts and um, understand that your stories uh, are really important to tell. Um, the second would be finding your joy. I think that we so often in the world that we live in um, seek external um, sources of joy or we we blame the people around us or the situations that we're in for not making um, for not making us happy. Whereas I think that we are responsible for making our own happiness and that as you know we were talking before is um, finding just this the simple things. Looking up and seeing, you know, a beautiful sunset, you know, turning our phones off um, when we're walking down the street and looking around us and seeing the simple beauty around us in, instead of, um, you know, constantly searching for external sources of happiness. So finding your joy. Um, and the third one is really very much about stepping into your spotlight. So un- understanding that you um, are an expert in what you do, or you're, you know, you're on your way to becoming an expert, and using the media and social media effectively um, to to step into that spotlight and f- and find your own version of what how to do that that that's comfortable for you, and at times not comfortable for you as well. So the third one is definitely stepping into the spotlight. Oh, I love them. I, I love especially finding your own joy. We do so often seek external of ourselves to find joy when really we just have to tap into our own heart. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Katrina, where can our listeners find you? So, um, I'm, I'm all over. <laughs> I'm everywhere. But um, so my book is from unknown to expert, and in fact, um, you know, you know, your listeners. I just thought of that. Then I'm, I'm happy um, to provide you a link where your listeners can access my book for free. Um, they just pay for the postage and handling, so I can give you that link. Um, oh, that's so generous of you. Thank you so much. Um, well, yeah, I'm, and hopefully, you know, it means that your listeners can. Uh, have access to something that they may maybe wouldn't have done otherwise um and my website is uh, cpcommunications.com.au and my personal blog where I talk a lot about the joy and creativity and innovation and and so on uh is katrinapollard.com Katrina, I can't thank you enough for your time and energy. I know you're a very busy woman. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your uh, wisdom and knowledge. And I'm really looking forward to the book. So thank you so very much for offering that to our listeners. I'm sure they'll be very happy to hear that. Oh, you're more than welcome. And thank you so much for spending the time talking to me. I really appreciated it. Thank you so much, Katrina. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.